get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Our Blues insider from The Athletic, Jeremy Rutherford, kind enough to join us and talk some Blues hockey on this August 5th, 2021. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Good morning. I was doing fine, Randy, until you put all the pressure on. I was listening before the break, and you said, uh, when we come back, Jeremy will tell us when this Tarasenko trade is going to go down. Like, Could you put some less pressure on me, maybe when the Delta variant is going to go away? I can tell you that <laughs> instead. Or... Yeah, exactly. i got to ask this. Do you get tweets that say, announce the Tarasenko trade? Okay, let me tell you where we're at, what stage we're at in this uh, Tarasenko thing, and this will answer your question. I tweeted that I was going to join you guys at 845, 101 ESPN, and here's the first response that I got. Hey, JR, my fourth cousin runs the concession stand at the Sun Valley Softball Complex in Peebley. She heard from a patron in line that Tarasenko had a change of heart about staying. Look forward to the confirmation on 101. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I hear. So, JR, yeah. are we going with that or what? You know, it's. Uh, I'll be. On, I'll be honest with you guys. I checked into it every single day. Uh, yesterday, there was a text that came in that said something could be getting close, and I double checked on it later, and uh, nothing. So, kind of go through the same motions every day to find out what's going to happen. As of this moment, it doesn't appear that anything's imminent. And Jr. The Blues obviously don't need to reach the salary cap threshold until the opener of the season. That being said, they have Tarasenko on the roster. They have signed all of their restrict or they're restricted free agents or they're going to arbitration except for Robert Thomas. So they have a million and a half dollars to play with. And I don't believe that Robert Thomas is signing for a million and a half bucks. He is not. And uh, it might not be much more, uh, but as we've seen with these restricted free agent signings, uh, Jordan Cairo, after his breakout year, he got North of uh, two, five Zach Stanford yesterday, got 2 million. Uh, but I don't think Robert Thomas is going to be, Less than one five, probably in that two million dollar range. So they will have to make some sort of move. Again, as you said, they don't have to be cap compliant until the start of the season. But you would think that uh, somewhere between now and then there would be a Vladimir Tarasenko trade. And you know, just spit on here as we have been for a few weeks, months now. Uh, his seven point five million dollar AAV for the next two years. You know, Doug Armstrong, according to many sources, have has been reluctant to retain uh, any or some of that salary. Uh, but if you get to a point where, let's say, a team, New York Islanders, will take on 4.5 of that salary, you know, it's going to free up two, three million dollars for the St. Louis Blues. So they do have some wiggle room once they make that trade. What are the matchups right now, uh, Jr. In terms of some teams that make some sense with this deal for the Blues and whatever team would decide to trade for Tarasenko, number one. Now that some of the chips are starting to fall and teams are figuring out their their payroll, and uh, how much do you think the Blues have to eat on this deal? Yeah, Danny, the teams that uh, I keep hearing, you hear New York Islanders, you hear the New Jersey Devils. I've heard even the Rangers uh, recently. I know that they were a team uh, a few weeks ago that were kind of in the mix, and you know I've heard them pop up recently. So those are the kind of the teams. The Islanders seem to be the team that I hear the most, uh, but it's difficult to get a read on that situation because Lou Lamarillo is so tight with things. Like, you know, there's belief that he's got some – uh, potential contracts in place with some some guys, but they're not finalized, so that he doesn't have to 
announce them, and he doesn't have to show people how much cap space he's got. The other factor in this is just like we've seen with the Blues signing their restricted free agents, some of these teams still have restricted free agents of their own to sign, uh, so they've got to you know allocate that money as well. So uh, I think that there's there's been talks. I think that there's been some interest shown. I think that there's still some hurdles and some challenges, not to mention the least of which, uh, the shoulder and what teams think about that. But now I think we're getting into that stretch where, okay, teams are getting their, their rosters together. Uh, you only have about six weeks, seven weeks before training camp starts. Things are, the dominoes are going to have to fall shortly, I believe, if this is going to happen before the start of the season. You're right, JR. We're running out of time. The regular season is going to be here before we know it. So when you look at the Central Division, how do you think the Blues stack up? I think pretty good, Michelle, and it's so great to be talking about the Central Division again. You know, I know last year was, was tough on everybody, especially uh, staying up late. But to get back into that Central and to see the Chicago Blackhawks, they're going to have a new goaltender. Everybody knows Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, could they be competitive again? At least we have the rivalry regardless. Uh, you know, I think that if you look at the Central, you got to have Colorado at the top. I think Winnipeg has made uh, some pretty substantial moves this offseason. I believe they're in that top three or four. I still like Minnesota. They've got to get uh, Kaprizov signed. And then uh, I think the Blues are in that mix. I really do. You know, like Jamie Rivers has said the past couple days, I like their top six. You know, defensively, I think there are still some question marks, but I think it can be good. And then you've got Jordan Bennington entering the first year, that that six-year deal. So to me, uh, even though the Blues didn't show all that well last year, Uh, I think that you get back into the central and I think they should be within that top four or five uh, outlook. Obviously the free agent crop has been picked over, but do you think if the blues can make a move with Tarasenko, that there is a free agent defenseman out there that would be that is available, that would be worth it as a depth guy or are what are what the blues have right now as good as anything they're going to get on the free agent market? Yeah, not that I see. And I think Doug Armstrong has kind of, you know, expressed that uh, at some point you got to give the younger guys a look. And, and they've done that with Cairo and, and look how that panned out. And, and so, Randy, you look at Nico Mikola. I thought he was pretty good in the games that he played last year. I remember you liked him too. Love him. Uh, yeah, and then you have Scott Prinovich. And, you know, this is a situation, Hobie Baker winner, uh, smaller size guy comes in. And last year he had the shoulder surgery, so we, we didn't get a chance to see him. But this year he's healthy and he's going to be ready for camps. Not to say he's going to be uh, you know, third pair to start out the season, but I think they want to give him an opportunity too. I still think they would benefit, and I think the team thinks it would benefit from a veteran guy who, who could play that second pair, third pair, You know, perhaps push Marco Scandella down into that third pairing where Vince Dunn played last year. I think they need that, especially, especially because of injuries. I mean, right now if you have an injury – to Falk, Krug, you know, Pareko, and all of a sudden you're, you're sliding guys up the lineup. The Blues don't have a lot in the system uh, to, to put at the bottom of that uh, defense, of course. So I think they'd try to make a move. As far as the free agent market, I don't see it. You know, like you said, it's kind of been raked over. I would think that at some point the Blues uh, could, could make a trade. And maybe that's, you know, when you look at a Vladimir Tarasenko trade, maybe there's that type of player coming back in that deal. Hey, JR, before we let you go, when you look at the way the power play is going to stack up with Mike Hoffman and presumably Tarasenko departing, 
do you think there will be a new guy in there? And obviously Bushnevich has not had a ton of success as a power play player. hasn't been given a ton of opportunity on the power play. And you have Brandon Saad. But you, you know O'Reilly and you know Perron and you figure that Tory Krug are going to be there on the power play. Do you think that the power play will be veteran blues guys or do you think one of the newcomers can join that number one group? I think there's a chance. So Brandon Saad last year was on the number two unit in Colorado. It's really hard to crack that number one unit with the Avs. They got so much talent. Um, so I think he could find his way on there. And Buchnevich, while he hasn't had a lot of time, perhaps he gets a crack too. But primarily, and we took a look at it yesterday, Alex Ferrario and I did on the midday show, is, is uh, you know, you're still looking at O'Reilly, Shen. Uh, you know, you'll see Krug on that unit. Uh, David Perron. So I think it'll still be that Blues veteran unit. Yeah, you might see one of those new faces in there. But I think the one thing without like a, a Vince Dunn, Justin Falk, who gets you know consistent ice time, you know, running that second unit perhaps, or maybe even Colton Pareko, depending on his health. But I think it's going to be a lot of the same familiar faces. How is the health, by the way, of Pareko? As far as uh, we know, good. Uh, Doug Armstrong said a couple weeks ago, he said that uh, he goes to Centene just about every day and he sees a few guys working out training, Colton Pareko being one of them. The biggest thing, Dan, is he didn't need the surgery. Last year when he came back and, and he got back into the lineup, there was still some thought that, hey, let's get into the offseason and, and see what's going on with it. Uh, but they got to the offseason. And according to you know Doug, I, I, you know, we're not around the team during the offseason. He said he appears to be fine. And, and the biggest thing being that, he avoided that surgery. JR, as always, great stuff. Thanks so much for the time. We do appreciate it. Have yourself a great weekend, and we will talk to you soon. Yeah, have fun in Canton. Uh, safe trip, and we'll talk to you guys next week. And by the way, for those of you that aren't aware of it, with uh, Danny and, and I and a lot of other people, Jeremy Rutherford, when the Rams came to St. Louis and during the greatest show on turf era, he was covering the Rams. And I know that uh, you developed a relationship as a reporter with Isaac Bruce. And uh, I think you can add to the <laughs> chorus of people that say he's one of the greatest people that you'll ever run across. He is absolutely one of the best, and I apologize. I've said this story before, but to be in studio with him at 101 ESPN uh, a year or two ago, and I told him that I had an Isaac Bruce jersey. That's the only jersey I own, and he looked at me, and here's the guy I looked up to. You know, he won the Super Bowl at the Rams, and he said, I bet it's tight. <laughs> he's the best oh, that's he's funny. the best yeah. All right. thanks a lot guys thank you see you later I used to, uh, spin. hi this is Chris Howard host of Plugged In with Chris Howard the college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.